0: The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Open the hot doors now.
1: I'm sorry, Dan. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's
2: the most you ever lost in the worst.
1: Go ahead. Make my day. And welcome to this week's episode of Black Hole Cinema. I'm Dan Taylor and I'm back again after a two-week break. I have to admit I've missed my um, Sunday morning... Sunday morning? Sunday evening film chatter with Monsieur Black. Afraid he's not here this week. He'll be back uh, for the big Marvel special at the end of the month. And I'm sure we'll miss him. um, But we're in good company this week. Uh, Joining me uh, from the Fan Friction podcast which I'm sure he'll talk about in great detail for us, He's Mr <laughs> Chris Haig. <laughs> How are you,
0: Chris? Hello. Uh, I am very well. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad. Um, are you going to give us an educational talk on, um, you know, wolf porn or...? <laughs>
0: oh, uh, no. We'll, um, we'll, we'll um... save that for later <laughs> on the week. <laughs> yes, yes. That's,
1: that's what I was it? in the show, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's my <laughs> special. <No. laughs> and, oh. and that's the dulcet tones of Mr Chris Burner. Hello. Hello. Um, you've got uh, a website, cinematronics.co.uk, uh, is that right? That is spot on, yes. Uh,
2: I uh, I use it to host, uh, well, two of my podcasts, which uh, I'll be honest, been dormant for quite a bit. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so this is the first time I've been on a podcast for uh, a few months since November. I think last time I talked about it was Interstellar. Yep. So uh, that's just how long it's been. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, so I'm planning on getting on the podcast ring very shortly anyway.
1: So. Yeah, well, it's lovely yeah, to right? have you in the uh, Black Hole family, as it were. It's your first time, isn't it, on the show? And and Chris, is this the first one you've done in the new wave of um, podcasts, or is it the second time?
0: I think this is the first one I've managed to do in the new wave, because yeah. I did a Lost at You la- about this time last year, Yeah, but yeah, yeah. new wave.
1: Lovely, <laughs> lovely. So... As you've noticed, we've got two Chrises this week, so we're going to refer to them by their surnames, um, so they know who I'm referring to, um, and you guys uh, listening as well. We'll move on and get on with the review straight away. We've got Hot Tub Time Machine 2, um, Good Kill, John Wick, and then we'll finish off with The Duff. Um, so we'll start off with Hot Tub Time Machine 2.
0: Four years ago... These best friends discovered a hot tub time machine. It's the fucking 80s, guys! But what they did in the past would change our world. Was it morally wrong for me to exploit my knowledge of the future for personal financial gain? He's calling himself the father of the internet? I'm the father of the fucking internet. Ever since I
2: wrote Let's Get It Started back in 86, I've been on a roll. Nick, rip off any pop stars lately? Today I recorded an original piece. You say, I only hear what I want to. Okay, it was that Lisa Loeb song.
1: Rob Corddry, Craig Robinson and Clark Duke return in the sequel that potentially never should have been made, which sees Lou finds himself in trouble and Nick and Jacob fire up the hot tub time machine in an attempt to get back to the past. But, obviously, they inadvertently land in a different time zone, the future this time round, with Adam Jr, played by Adam Scott, Um, and along with him, they have to alter the future in order to save the past, which is really the present. So, if you're keeping up, then wonderful, because it's not that difficult when actually you get down to it. They actually do quite a good job of trying to explain the specifics of the time travel they're talking about, um, which for a comedy you've kind of got to give them kudos for. Unfortunately, it's a comedy, and they seem to forget that, and all the jokes, for me anyway, seem to fall flat. Um, what did you think, Chris Byrne?
2: Well, it's funny, because I've literally just re-watched the, uh, the first one, mm. uh, just to have a, a good taste of like, oh, well, that's why everyone liked it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it I, mean, I think it was one of the things like yeah the, the first one everyone liked and um, so let's just do a sequel mm. and I, I think it was one of the things where it just it, just, it, looked, it looked good on paper and I'm not sure the money was there so that's why everyone said
1: yes yeah. so the only thing is actually they only allocated half the budget for the first one Um, for it so even the people that were making the film didn't actually have any oh did they
2: okay well fair enough well (laughs) clearly it must have been the uh, the script they must have just fell in love with Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, yeah it's it's not very good let's face it (laughs) you think they'd learn by Battle to Feature 2 Mm -hmm. that it's maybe to go in a sequel I I don't know I kept thinking maybe they should have done it in the way of like the last time Back to Feature 2 where they've like but he go back to the first one. He had to like kind of recover themselves, yeah. like almost on some sort of way. I, I don't know. I, I think John Kuzak is sadly missing in this. Yeah, yeah. It's just something missing. I mean, even they try and even they're trying to it with, um, is it Andrew Scott? Is it is yeah. that that's the fella's name? Yeah, uh, he, Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah. Adam Scott. Sorry. Yeah, and he just doesn't cut the mustard with this. Uh, he, the
1: thing is, I mean, he's quite a funny guy, Adam Scott. Um, I can't remember. Is he in? Community or Parks um, and Rec, and Rack, yeah, yeah, um, which he's uh, very good in, but he kind of plays a very thinly drawn version of that character, and they don't seem to do.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's not, do. it's not his fault, no. but it's just, it's just like what, what's on there. I mean, there, there are certain things like the uh, what, what, the what's it, what's it called that game show that Christian Slayer hosts. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know the okay, okay, Yeah,
2: yeah, the uh, yeah, that. That, that's pretty funny, and also mm. I also like the uh, the references, like did in the first one where the uh, like when Craig Robson like oh, there's like a, a nod nod to like when they say the name the title, mm. and yeah. and they do this again with this like oh it's, it's like uh, Pops at time machine too and it's like wink to the camera. Yeah. That was funny. That's kind of about it. Oh mm-hmm. and um and there's a bit at the end where uh, we has a bit of hardcore violence in which kind of amused me. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> I won't say it just now <laughs> in case spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. That's about it.
1: Yeah, with this one, we won't go into too much of a spoilery territory, because, um, well, to be fair, we might as well, because I don't know if anyone's actually going to watch it after they listen to this review, because...
0: They, uh, they, they might. They might feel really inspired, sir.
1: Yeah, they might, they might have the, you know, professional <laughs> curiosity to go and uh, check it out, but... I just don't bother (laughs) Um, Corddry is not really lead man material and you know you mentioned John Cusack not being in it and the fact is he he pops up for a brief cameo and they don't even credit him for it so I think he literally went no don't bother this is my little present to you Um, and two thirds of the writing team also didn't come back for this one Um, they were obviously the better two thirds of the writing team because the script is pretty dire and most of the laughs seem to be, um, you know, Craig Robertson is, is quite well known for his um, kind of, comedy, comedy, yeah. But kind of, oh, making it up as he goes along. Oh, you know, improvisation. Improvisation, yeah. that's the one. You know, for his improvisational comedy and, to be fair, that seems to be where most of the last kind of come from. You mentioned obviously his little nod to the camera, which might have been potentially the only written line of the whole script. The rest just they just seem to be kind of bumbling their way through it. They also waste. Um, I mentioned uh, community. They've got the actress from uh, that series. I can't remember what she's called now. Gillian uh, Jacobs. Jacobs yep. Yeah. Yeah. and she has a minor part, and she's basically just minimised to you know a sexual object. Um, uh, you know, for the uh, character of Jacob, played by Clark Duke, and it's completely unbelievable as well. You are kind of like she is smoking hot, and he is not. <laughs> and you, you kind of wonder, you know, um, well, as we always do, we have to suspend relief sometimes. And you know, sometimes you see these actors, and they're like they pull the hottest bird in the film, and you are like, really? No, I just can't see that. Not when there's, you know, Adam, <laughs> <laughs> not not when there's like Adam Scott standing there, and you know, he's obviously a lot more better looking.
2: And they also seem like um, like a lot more likable about like the
1: particularly uh, Rob Cordry's
2: character. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like in in the first one, there was there was a bit of substance to him. There's a bit like, oh well, he's you know he's he's attempting to commit suicide or he's mm-hmm. like he's got suicide suicide thoughts. He's like quite almost like a tragic character. Yeah. But in this one, there's none of that now because yeah. obviously that's all been resolved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's still acting like a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, and you go but, into say what? What's he got? it just well, you, you, you can't have just been a dick for the sake of being a dick now mm. and it's just no, it, it, it just wasn't well drawn out wasn't well thought out
1: No, but sadly yeah well I think it comes down to the fact that you know they struggled with you know there is no lead character this time around and um, well it is it's Rob Corddry but that's just, what I mean yeah and they, they try to kind of you know piece it together but, oh well we'll just make him a massive arsehole uh, again mm. you know at least that will get a few laughs and it will kind of fill that void um, that's been left behind but Ultimately, you you still need a moral compass, you know, in the middle of it, and mm. that's obviously what John Cusack provided in the first film, and you know, without that, it just, it just, you just end up with dick jokes and <laughs> you know, homophobia, and I wouldn't go as it certainly didn't go into the kind of territories that Get Hard went into, um, mm. but that's I know that's caused a lot of controversy um, since its released, particularly here in the UK. You know, Hot Tub doesn't quite go that far, but. Comedy has
2: very little substance to it. See, all, all these things wouldn't really matter if it was just funny. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah.
2: It, 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 that's the problem, it's just, yeah, it's just not funny enough. Yeah. It, that's where it falls yeah. down. The I, also, i like to also like point out that I hate to sound like a bit of a like a like a time continuity footy duddy mm. you know, because I know it is meant to be a silly comedy. Yeah, but the idea that Craig Robinson's character like, like, basically just stealing other people's songs, mm. decides now in 2015 to... to. I don't know, I'm going to do Lisa Lowe uh, song, mm-hmm. a song that was out probably 20 years ago? I don't... I think she would have already done that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, it, yeah, it's a, that kind of, like, makes me... Um, hang on. I mean, apart from the fact that it makes him look like an absolute fucking arsehole by, by robbing all these people's careers yeah. <laughs> for his own benefit. But it's just like... But, uh, but she would have done that song yeah. already. I mean, is this is this actually now set in ninety one or what? I, I don't I don't understand. I, yeah,
1: that's, I think they're kind of they're kind of going down the you know the route of oh you know one, once you mess with time it's gonna fuck oh, up alternate timeline. Yeah, it's gonna just fuck yeah. up everything, and that's not necessarily the thing, isn't it? You know, it, it does. Well, I say time travel doesn't really work like that, but you know, <laughs> well, that's gonna do a bit of a dangerous territory. But you know the the. The, the theory, you know, the most popular yeah, theory is it, that it, you change. It, it, would
2: have, it would have been probably better suited if you did someone more current, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you're, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, And I don't think they'll be coming back for a third one. Um, As I said, the budget was cut for this one. <laughs> I don't think that it's taken a lot of money at all. And no, it's, it's been pretty universally accepted to be goddamn awful. <laughs> Uh, if you want to check out hot tub time machine so two, five stars yeah absolutely five stars for that one. so that would definitely be in cinemas for two more weeks so you can go and catch that one uh, if not just wait for it to come on Netflix because you know it will
0: be... we gotta make America happen bro no you're not gonna be super welcome there but we should totally go
1: up next we've got Ethan Hawke's uh, reunion with director and writer Andrew Nicole in Good Kill
0: Eyes on the objective. Engage at your discretion. Roger that. Target, laser. Three, two, one, right. Good kill. The war is now a first-person shooter. Half of you were recruited in malls precisely because you are a bunch of gamers. Any time of day or night, drones are in the sky above whatever godforsaken place we're at war with that day.
1: Good Kill is about a Las Vegas-based fighter pilot turned drone pilot who fights the Taliban by remote control for 12 hours a day and then goes home <laughs> to the suburbs and feuds with his wife and kids for the other 12 hours. But the pilot is starting to question the mission. Is he creating more terrorists than he's killing? Is he fighting a war without an end? So it's fair to say Andrew Nicole started off his career pretty well. Uh, he made Gattaca in 1997, uh, I believe. He came up with The Truman Show, I think, a year or two after that. But since then, has really struggled to kind of make a dent afterwards. I, I think Lord of War, that was all right in like, 2005, but that kind of splits people's opinion. And it doesn't really change much. With Good Kill, it kind of suffers from what you know, a lot of his films have recently is that they could have been good on paper but they just hadn't quite worked out for the best G- what Good Kill does is it, it seems to come from a very left wing political wavelength and it just shouts exactly what it wants to say and, and in fact for me it just completely alienated me and it, it was, the other thing it was it was just boring I don't know if you agree did you both see this one? Yeah. Uh, yes Yeah. Uh, so Chris Haig, hey, what do you think?
0: I have kind of mixed feelings about Good Kill because it's one of these <laughs> films where it's not really my kind of bag, but I mm-hmm. thought oh, okay, it sounds interesting because the post-traumatic stress disorder and how it affects that sort yeah. of thing. And I, <sighs> I understand what you mean about him having a mixed bag previously because if you look at the films he's done, you know he did Gattaca, which was good, but then he did that Simone, where yeah. it's the virtual reality. Yeah, Robert mm-hmm. was it Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, whoever. Al Pacino. Yeah, Is it Al Pacino? Yeah. Good kill, I think, is again like you said. It's one of these films that is, has a great concept, but the executions of it off. Because Ethan Hawke is, he is a you know great actor, yeah. and this is the first thing I've seen him in since including parts of the uh, Before series. Mm-hmm. I think it was before. Is it Before Midnight? The Adam one? one, yeah. And I saw that and I thought, yeah, he's great. All that sort of mm. thing. And that's, I've seen that, good.
1: that's, and that's I, like like an Alan. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah, was, what, um, yeah. I'm thinking
2: of. No, no, no. It's about a Sunrise, isn't it? Sorry.
1: Uh, Hawk seems to go to two directors, seems to go between the two. Um, Andrew
0: is one, no. um, and one, one, and Rip later is the other. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. I get It's just, it's one of those ones where you watch it and you're kind of like, well, I can see what they're trying mm-hmm. to do. And they are trying to give sort of a portrayal of how, even if you are disconnected and, you know, you are just flying the drone, type sort of thing, how it can have a, positive, a, a really detrimental effect on your mental health and so on and so forth. But I just... I just could not truly get into it for the life of me and it's a shame because you know Ethan Hawke he's actually trying his best but I think it's just one of these in the sort of the long line of films for you know Andrew Andrew Nicol which they're great concepts but it's a kind of tired execution mm. that stops them from being Great, you know, and he does have some decent actors there. You know, you've got like January Jones, you've got Jake Abel, you've got um, even Zoe Kravitz, who was actually proving herself to be she's getting better. Yeah, I put yeah. something goes along because she started off and she was like, Oh, it's okay, it's Lenny Kravitz's daughter, that sort of thing. Yeah, but I, she,
2: I found that out like the other day, and I was like, Shit, that's, that's Lisa bon- Bonnet's and Lenny Kravitz's door. Mm. Fucking hell,
0: yeah. that's it. Shut up. <laughs> I really
2: just noticed, like, Jesus Christ.
0: I am not have but yeah if you are in the market to see a kind of a decent film about the effects of war on people then Hurt Locker mm. <laughs> yeah it, it, to, to be
1: fair yeah. it does have something to say but literally it smashes you over the head with
0: it oh yeah there's no nuance no. to it at all it is just you know this is what happens this well, is what happens and you're like yeah we're right. not stupid we mm. get it
2: it's quite a somber piece, but it's I have the same issues as as you guys have. It's um it 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 does has uh, as you say like just like all of here's my opinion and I'm gonna sort of say fuck you I'm I'm right this is all horrible mm. stuff. And I was like think but I when I thought it was actually the most interesting was when Lenny Kravitz daughter was sorry I actually completely forgot. it. Sorry, him. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry Kravitz uh, was actually arguing with the uh, the other um, arsehole drone mm-hmm. guy and about like about like sort of pros and cons she's she's proper against it she's like such liberal and then like obviously the guy's quite conservative and i actually found the film actually more interesting when having these yeah. debates of like kind of like the, the right and wrongs and the moralities and i thought it would have been a much better film if the if the film stuck to that kind of tone of like of well what is right you know is is america the bad guys by using right drones by flying over okay or are they actually doing a means yeah. to the end by sort of like just just getting it done there, and then without you know prolonging any any sort of dirty harm, which might actually I found that's where I found it actually. Oh, this is actually quite interesting. And then it's like, oh no, you're kind of like you 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 know what you are. You're telling me that it's all horrible. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the,
1: yeah. the, the thing for me is Zoe Kravitz's character. The, the fact that she's so against it and, and very much of the offset you, you think how, you know why yeah. are you there and you know eventually obviously you know spoilers by the end of the film it seems like she you know she hangs up her wings as it were but you know was she just there because she had the hots of <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character which again is slightly bizarre because you know I get, I get yeah. this kind of dark and brooding thing is supposed to be sexy but he's it's boring For starters, he's also an alcoholic. He's also married, so (laughs) you know, really, don't go there, love. Come on. He's he's also twice her age. On top of that, and that was my issue with um, Ethan Hawke's character. He was just boring. You know, you've got a you know a really charismatic um, character actor. You know, the last thing I saw him in was Attic Gattaca. um, Oddly enough, I only watched that a couple of weeks ago. Um, But before that was Boyhood, and you know those two films show actually his variety and you know and you know how how good he can be and this film just has him just grunting through the whole thing um January Jones also is awful she has one which she, has, <laughs> she 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 can be brilliant but she's awful in this she has one potentially good scene and well, then it, she goes is, is she awful or did she
2: not have anything exactly,
1: to do yeah well, potentially she, is yeah. it one of those things yeah but she, she has one potentially good scene where she comes home drunk and she shows what she can do and then she goes hit me and I'm just like fuck off so, you know, just, just, that's just completely just at, like, I was not well I say I wasn't expecting that you know I should know better but you know it's completely out of character from what we've seen of Eva of them so far yes it's an alcoholic but because he's an alcoholic what he hits his wife you know it's just very very boring the only person that's decent in this is bruce greenwood who plays um uh, jake johns who's the um kind of top dog as it were um and it, he you know he seems the most consistent character and and some of what he has to say you know is a little bit more interesting you know he obviously talks about you know it's 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 war. It is what it is. You know, if we stop now, do you think they are, etc. And he's kind of the, you know, the more ambiguous um, about his opinion. Whereas literally, you've got Ethan Hawke and Zoe Kravitz on one side, and these two dickheads who, you know, have no redeeming qualities at all on the other side. And it just it, you've got this, you know, you've got Bruce Greenwood's character thankfully in the middle, but it's just not enough. You know, as you said, there's not enough debate. there, The interesting stuff that happens is so. It's just so minuscule. It happens in all of about one scene. That in fact you, you just think you know it could have been done so much better on paper. As I said, you know it looked like a really really good film, and I was really looking forward to seeing it. And in the end, I wish I hadn't wasted the money. <laughs> <laughs> Any um, finishing comments about that one? No,
2: which I think it's kind of says it all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, it 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 didn't leave that much of a lasting impression for me to kind of say, well, you know, but it's it, it's. I'd say it's fine. It's not. I don't say it's no. terrible. I mean, I, I I I found it like an enjoyable watch, but well, I say enjoyable, engaging watch, but it it kind of just passed the time and and yeah, it it could have just could have been yeah. better.
0: What is it that you miss so bad? Combat.
1: before we move on with our final two reviews we'll have a quick rundown of the box office top ten from last weekend still hanging on for the sixth week is the second best exotic Marigold Hotel uh, which has dropped six places actually but still took over £150,000 this week taking a total of £15 million uh, gross to date here in the UK what did you guys think of that one?
2: I haven't seen it. I haven't <laughs> seen the first one. <laughs> so,
1: no comment, I'm afraid. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. I mean, I mean it, it, it looks like like something that's like you're watching a Sunday afternoon with a cup of tea and biscuit. As yeah. well, it, 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 it's, it's,
1: it's one of those, yeah. you know. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, if you wanted to know what um, uh, Tony and Les thought, you can go back a few episodes. Um, they, re- they actually recorded that one live from a pub, believe it or not. So, <laughs> that made for interesting listening. Um, number nine... <laughs> believe it or not is is Blade Runner which has been re-released by uh, the BFI Um, it was new in this week Um, surprisingly didn't take that much money but then you know how many times do they want to re-release Blade Runner I believe they tried to re-release it again last year as well so that seems to be one which has director's cuts after director's cuts Oh, he sorry. does like his Ridley he, Scott he does like his director's cuts he, he does he does indeed <laughs> <laughs> number 8 is While We're Young that was a never new release um, last week at number 7 is The Water Diviner which is the uh, Russell Crowe starring um, film which basically watch the trailer because the whole film is there um, so you might as well not go see it um, just watch the trailer and you, you get the gist of the story um, that one's taken uh, just under uh, or just over rather half a million pounds this week Uh, dropping uh, one place is the divergent series insurgent Uh, we're just now at number six that one's taken uh, just undo just under seven million pounds uh, in three weeks so that's still hanging on um, but it'll probably drop a few more places within the next few weeks we've already mentioned it this evening at number five is get hard uh, already dropped two or one place actually so not, it's not done too badly it's held on just just getting under a million pounds this week alone so that will probably be hanging around for a few more weeks yet number four is the first of the kids films uh, as it were for this this week which is the spongebob movie sponge out of water that one's taken over a million pounds this week alone above it is home that one's now into its third week that one's taken nearly two and a half million pounds this week alone. Um, actually grossed £14 million to date, so it's currently outgrossing our number two spot, which is Cinderella, um, the Kenneth Branagh um, live-action adaptation of the traditional Disney story. Have you, any have you, of have you actually seen that one? Yeah, I, I watched it.
2: Yeah. I, I, I double-billed it with um, Fast and Furious 7, if oh,
1: That's quite a, quite a diverse
0: <laughs> yeah. taste there. They, they really do complement each other, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd just been diesel in a dress, and i will just be like, well, oh, that's a good
1: Probably would have been a more interesting reimagining, which is what Kenneth Brand tried to claim it was, uh, but it basically it was word for word exactly the same as the animated film. Um, you can uh, check my review. Well,
2: actually, I thought the animated version had a little bit more bite, because yep. didn't the cat actually fall off the building? I mean, yep. I I mean, I, I assume it died, but it, it was quite high. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Were... cat dies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
2: quite dark for you know 50 odd years ago. I, I How yeah, I, yeah, I was I was surprised by well this is the animated version mm. I'm, I'm talking about so that's why I was surprised when I, I watched it. But I was like she she kicks the cat out the window and I'm like mm. Did she that cat die <laughs> like, like never seen or heard of again. So I, I've got to assume you yeah, <laughs> know. Um, but. It's fair, it was called the Yusufa, so it must, yeah. it must be evil. But yeah, it's uh, I thought the, the kind of Brandon one was, uh, it's okay, it's, you know, the problem is it hasn't got any bite, it hasn't got any edge, it yeah. just feels like a, I can see what he's trying to do, trying to be very much, like, stick to the original, kind of big dresses and costumes and all that, and it looked very nice, but it was just a bit, yeah. it, it just lacked something, it just lacked a, like, like... A substance. Yes,
1: I, 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 I,
2: yeah I don't know but then again I'm, I'm not a 14 year old girl no, so no, what do I, I think it's,
1: it's, it's a perfectly good film like it, you know it doesn't necessarily yeah, do anything wrong performances are good. Is Kate reply, match, yeah. brilliant I actually thought Richard Madden was quite good a lot of people don't necessarily agree yeah. with that I actually thought he you know brought a bit of a bit, something a bit interesting to the you know, character of Charming you know and, and it's got that, uh, Rob Brydon popping up that was the highlight for me that just, just that scene alone should have just been Rob Brydon through the whole film actually just... Rob Brydon as Cinderella that would have been great <laughs>
0: well,
1: <laughs> at number one it's no surprise uh, it's Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7 or F an F 7 however you want to refer to it saving a ridiculous amount of money in its first week Both in America and here in the UK. It's already been confirmed that it's retained its number one spot this weekend in the States and it will be exactly the same in this country as well. I can't see anything getting close to it this weekend either. You've both seen that one. What did you think?
0: Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was it, it was kind of solid kind of paid-by-the-numbers action, but it did a very nice send-off to Paul Walker, and the supporting cast was nice, because, you know, there's um, Natalie Emanuel, who's from Game of Thrones, and then you've got, um, you know, The Rock popping in, and then you've got... um, Statham. Yes, obviously it's Statham, and then you've got Jimon Humsu, and all these... pretty good actors just popping in for like 20 minutes of pop going yeah I'm going to be a villain for a bit and that's, that, that's kind of awesome I mean you've got like Helen Mirren saying she'd love to be it which I'm now starting a petition Helen Mirren to be the Fast and Furious 8 you lead. know what
2: they, they, they would cast her they, yeah. they would literally go oh, like yeah, yeah why, why not because it's it, it, it's quite amazing you think you go back to the original film and think how far it's actually gone mm. oh, yeah. it's just it's just become this kind of like expendables. It's like it's got really nothing to do with racing anymore. It's just it's just thrown in just for the sake of like yeah, just it's about
0: racing. I, I reckon they, I'll race at the start of the film. Yeah, I, I reckon they should
1: make a Vin Diesel's Nan in it. Just 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 throw her in there. I, I know, you know not quite the right race, but you know her husband could have been you know you know a, a man of color as it were, so it, you know balance out and it's. Yeah, we don't take this films too seriously. I've, I, I would buy home Mirren as, uh, as, as as to, Granny
2: to, Diesel. To, to be honest, I really don't think they would give a fuck anyway. And, and <laughs> they let, wouldn't and, and even let, try and, it, and explain and, it. This, this and, 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 <laughs> and let's face it, why the fuck would you? Nope. I mean, like it's, it's <laughs> just. I mean, it, it, his thing. It's now become this big, massive juggernaut of crazy, bonkers action for the sake of crazy bonkers action mm. it, it's like it, it's literally room like room full of people like uh going like ah oh, should we have like cars parachute from the sky yeah that yeah like and one person goes like is, isn't isn't that just absolutely fucking ridiculous and i'm like yeah mm. point point b yeah no 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 point <laughs> and then yeah we'll do we'll do that then and it's just basically like uh i mean is it, have we got a bit too many people in the cast yeah <laughs> No, no, that's fine. I didn't have
1: five stars
2: this time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what just like. It's just this random, like, kind of decrease. Yeah, well, like, you know what? We'll throw in Kurt Russell and he'll, he'll do a bit. And then you'll go like, oh, great. I'm not seeing Kurt Russell in ages. This yeah. is great. And then you've got, like, uh, Tony Jar being, like, a henchman. I mean, I do admire its balls, but actually going, I mean, you, you, you would have thought going into it after seeing the last one uh, going, oh, it's going to be just Jason Statham, like, them versus Jason Statham it would th- that that's the actual plot mm. but they've actually said actually no we're gonna actually throw in another plot in there as well yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's actually it's two films mm. <laughs> and you got a virus like it's just it, it, it's just it's just like this yeah fuck it yeah. why not just 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 like it doesn't make any sense but who the fuck cares let's face it let just, right? just do really well brought out action scenes it's just it's just a bag of fun, so I'm not surprised yeah. to making a ton of money. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like it's like a really joyous kind of clusterfuck. It's just like, yeah, you know, we'll throw everything. If some of it doesn't work, fuck it. We'll throw more until it works. Yeah, and, uh, I, I do. I have. Cause it's
2: Looney Tunes. I mean, I'm not. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be that surprised if an amble falls on someone's head, or like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 like, on the top of Vin Diesel's head, and he sort of like gets up, his uh, head like a pancake, and yeah. he just wobbles <laughs> <at> it. <laughs> <You> know,
1: <I'll, laughs> It's sort of that kind of thing. It's like yeah, fuck it, who Is it's, it's the only <laughs> franchise actually that I can think of that, that's this long now that's, that didn't start off massive. You know, you know, you think of. Uh, you know, uh, it, uh, it was uh,
2: popular when it's, the first film was like it was sort of like a sleeper hit. Yeah, and then it kind of just kind of it, you you expect it kind of like sort of like when it hit when it hit. Uh, it was Tokyo Drift, Tokyo was Drift,
1: that, Yeah. Was that
2: a DVD over here? But released in the states, or, or was that actually theatrical over here? I can't um, remember. I
0: remember that being in cinemas yeah. be adrift, Was it? Okay Yeah,
1: yeah. But, um, but you know you, you think of obviously You know your Harry Potters And your Star Wars And stuff like that They were massive You know the first film It was you know They were massive films But you know It took a good Four or five films really For this series To really kick off And it was the sixth one Really that started making money And you know You know they're going to make An eighth one now you know, uh, 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 there's obviously question marks over, you know, it, you know, is it in bad taste? You know, they've obviously ended, you know, Paul Walker's story, you know, really nicely in this one. But for me, that's kind of the point. They've, they've nicely ended his story. You know, they've, they've kind of done this film, you know, for him and um, you know they've kind of shut the door on his story doesn't mean they can't carry it on. Um, mm. you know, ultimately, yeah. you know the main, you know a lot of the it, other characters come out unscathed, as it were, <laughs> and you know we're going to carry on. So there's no reason why the franchise has to end just because you know they're you know one of their lynchpins. Because that's the thing; it's I, one linchpin isn't it? these yeah. theories keep I, throwing. I, up I am nuts.
2: I am worried for the next one because mm. uh, it, it it will just feel like something is missing with Paul Walker and then it mm. particularly with cause it's predominantly about those like those two are like the key. Yes. Yeah. Sort of figureheads, yeah. and like, well, then we just feel like it just it'll just feel like a little bit empty. So I'm not sure how it works. Mm. That said, I would not be surprised if.
1: Can, can I sort of spoil it, or kind of potentially spoil it? <laughs> well, we should hope everyone's seen it now. Wants to see it, yeah. But here we go. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, I won't be surprised if Jason Statham join, um, joins them in the next one. Mm. Awesome. And, and becomes actually I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a begrudgingly member, mm. and then and then That's, next one and then and then been and passed. It, it, nine, yeah. he's like, it's like, yeah, he's won the team, and no one but it's fucking happens. It's, it's <laughs> that, <it's> that <laughs> Stallone
1: gets in the film and goes, uh, yeah. Do you fancy doing? Oh, an Expendables the, the crossover, Fast and Furious Expendables. Yes, I'll yes,
2: take my fucking money, take it.
1: Oh. There we go, Hollywood. You can um, thank Black Hole Cinema for that idea, and um, <laughs> I'll take a cut of the profits <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, so that's the box office top ten for this week. Up next, we've got our review of John Wick. I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Jonathan. You got out once. You dip so much as a pinky back into this
0: pond, you may find something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. Nobody? But nobody.
1: John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, is a mob hitman who, upon falling in love, quits. Five years later, his wife dies, and to make sure he's not alone, she arranges for a dog to be brought to him after her death. Later, some men wanting his car break in and beat him up, and then kill his precious dog. When he recovers, he sets to get the ones who killed his dog, but he learns that the leader is the son of his former employer, and the man wanting to protect his son tries to take care of Wick, but he's still as good as he always was. i am got to admit, I'm not a massive action fan in this kind of area where it is. You know, it's unapologetic, it's violent, you know, he goes around and he kills 50, 60, 70, I believe someone counted 80 deaths in this film. Usually I'm not a big fan of that kind of film. You know, I wasn't a massive fan of the Raid franchise. I can sit there and appreciate it. But, you know, but for me, this one is potentially going to be probably the biggest, maybe you not know, the biggest, but the best action film of this year because everything just kind of falls into place, I think. Chris Byrne, what did you think? I loved it. No, um,
2: well, I am a huge action guy. Uh, one podcast is The Action Junkie, so I'm like a proper yeah. nerd when it comes to action films. Uh, so wh- as soon as I heard about this, film was coming i was like yes take my fucking money i cannot wait to see this film and i got increasingly agitated the more and the more that that release date got pushed a bit further back mm-hmm. it was like it was like yeah it was released in the states in october mm-hmm. and you think oh, okay what should you know looking for that's not between it it's not out till the second of january over here jesus christ okay then you get close to second january and it's like oh no we're gonna move it to april fucking what. <laughs> so I was just like, Ugh, it's like this so not fair, I want to see this fucking man. And it, you know what, it just didn't disappoint. I mean, it is exactly what it says on the table. Yeah. It is just, Kenny Reeves, he, he looks cool as fuck and he's pissed and he just kills lots of people. Uh, the action scenes are very well done. Um, it, it's... It, you, you actually can see what's going on mm-hmm. you can actually see the, the, the stunt bibliography of it or it's not like it is in the Taken sequels where, you, 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 where it's just all cut to fuck and it just doesn't look horrible and you can't see anything and so it's actually nice to have an actual film that gets it fucking right and it's just unapologetic there is a kind of like a noir uh, feeling there's a kind of like there's a, the, obviously the lone hitman, the kind of samurai vibe going in, about that, that honour and loyalty and all those themes. And but uh, and then they it just knows exactly what it is. It is just pure, just all about kind of really shooting people mm-hmm. in the face, and that's brilliant. I I love that. But there is also a really nice comic book element to it, which I really really dug, and it really surprised me. It was the it was the kind of like the underworld. Uh, part of them about being a hitman Hell is like this kind of like this organisation where you can actually go to like hotel and you pay by specialised yeah, coins yeah. and it's like it felt very much like a graphic yeah. novel in that sort of sense and it, and I think that's where it's you know it, it leaves open doors for like a mm-hmm. sequel because I would have yeah. thought the plot of this film you think well, well that's a yeah. one-off that's not going like, to play as a sequel so, but it, I, I can see doing it from that kind of angle Um I've talked about this film quite a yeah. bit now so I'm going to let like the other Chris talk <laughs> <laughs> I l-
0: liked it more than I thought it was going to because I did, you know, when I was going into it, I was thinking, oh, okay, I know what this story is. It's going to be, you know, sorry, the poor guy and his wife dies, and it's so sad, and it's going to be like a weird tick and mashup thing. But I did enjoy it more than I thought it was going to. I mean, I, I initially didn't make it past the sort of first fifteen minutes because I was like, oh, it's a cute dog. Oh my god, what's happened to the <laughs> dog? Um, it's not graphic, but you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. But no, I, again, I really enjoy it. I think the action's done very well. I think the I, it, it's just a weird thing to say, but it's just you know, I mean, I think burns did it well. It was like uh, it was choreographed very well. It was shot really yeah. well because you did get to see everything. Like there was the scene in um, it was it takes place in some kind of like some kind of nightclub meets bathhouse, and that entire scene could, it, obviously the best way to describe it. And they're all running around in speedos, and it's just a really surreal yeah. action, but it, it's. It's really well mm. done, and I'm impressed by it, and the supporting cast is really good, because you've got, like, you know, not only do you have Keanu Reeves putting in actually a really good performance, yeah. for the not for the first time in a while, but because he hasn't had a film out in ages, but I think the last one we had out was that, um, was it 47 Ronin? Ronin? Yeah. yeah, he's made
1: some really yeah. bad films. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs>
2: you should yeah, but... maybe check out, uh, he directed a film called Man of Tai Chi, that's, that's actually alright, yeah. that's pretty good. Oh, was it good? Oh, yeah, it's, it's basically Kenny Reeves. Uh, he he he's actually plays the bad guy in it, but it's a he's a martial. It's like a tournament film, kind of tournament revenge film, I think. Maybe we yeah. But um, it, yeah, but he basically plays like the 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 bad guy in it. In the kind of, in a kind of like uh, ends the dragon. and He's like the head
0: guy. But yeah, it's really good. I mean, uh, the only thing I kind of am from it is just because I think that the whole idea, and you know, you have Bridget Monahan, who's an amazing actress, but then it's like, oh, You know, she's his dead wife and she's doing all that sort of thing. And she's not really given much of a story, really. She's kind of like, he's supporting, you know, his rock and all that sort of thing. But this all happens before the film, really. So it's... That's the real problem I... I I think
2: it... I think he does what yeah. it needs. I don't think he needs to add any yeah. more. I mean, I think I, 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 it's, it's uh, one of the things where like, oh, why give it to a role like Bridget Moran? But then again, it's 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 kind of littered with all these kind of about. you've got William Defoe playing the little yeah. role. He got uh, Adrian Kalinke playing like a really cool like female hitman. You got uh, you got all these like other yeah, actors. Ian McShane. Um, Ian McShane Mike. Yeah, Ian McShane got like oh, oh like oh oh it's him yeah. oh that guy oh oh it's that guy. It's, 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 it's yeah. kind of it's it's kind of littered full of those sort of things. So uh, that also
1: I enjoyed about yeah, it as well. Yeah, Lance Reddick popped up as the um, kind of hotel manager. He just, yeah. just, just you know, just, yeah. just, that was, for me, one of the, the things um, was just the amount of people you go, oh, that guy, it's that guy. <laughs> it's the guy from yeah. The Wire. <laughs> just like, just all these people. It's,
2: that, it's that guy from yeah.
1: Commando. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, that was the interesting element. You mentioned it, Glenn, about the, about the hotel. And this kind of criminal underworld, and I think the scene you talked about, um, Haig, about the uh, club and then the bathhouse, kind of. I think this is all the hotel. I think literally the hotel has a nightclub yeah. underneath, <laughs> and it's just like, and it did. It was brilliant for that sequence of endless corridors and just just from room to room, and um, yeah. and it was brilliant. And and that kind of feeling of you know the, the, that kind of criminal underworld, um, exactly what you said, then about the fact that it could be it could be explored again because there's definitely mm. something in there that was interesting and it was explored a bit um, you yeah. know, Al Pacino was Al Pacino, did he pop up? no he didn't no I'm lying <laughs> <laughs> he, he, should, <laughs> he have should have popped pop. up that <laughs> one you
2: um. uh, but I also, I also liked how um, it, there was actually humour yeah. in it there was, there was like there was this little sort of like I say he knows what it is, so it just kind of like it kind of laughs at its own yeah. ridiculousness, and it kind of like just goes. It's it's the whole. I was I was laughing laughing from the beginning part when, um, uh, what's the actor's name? the plays the, the, the main gangster dude. He's in Mission um, yeah. Possible. Michael, Bull- Michael.
1: Bull-
2: Yeah, I yeah. um, I've I no idea how to pronounce his name, but um, anyway, <laughs> but when he, when he's like just insinuating what how much his mm. son has fucked up, <laughs> just by like yeah yeah he he killed three guys with a pencil fucking pencil and it's just like it's that kind of like yeah you kind of just laugh at it, laugh at it that kind of thing where you life just like stops and reloads midway yeah. through killing someone it's just it's it's just it's just brilliant he has a whole like john wick himself has a whole mythos and that's what kind of i enjoyed that he just walk up to a bouncer like if played by kevin nash no less and you just go he just goes like Hi John, um, do you want to take night off? Yeah, thank you. And because he just knows it's fucking just not no. worth it, and, actually, yeah. He walks, so yeah, like he, he walks up to the bodyguard, doesn't he, and goes, "Oh, you know, you know, you're working, you've
1: lost some weight," <laughs> just, and then you're like, yeah. "Do you want to go home?" So it's, like, it's, it's, well, it's you know, like just pop off. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, John. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he just like, literally blows the place to shit. Um, but that you, you also mentioned about the you know the. The actual choreography of it is so perfect, and you know there's some nice slow mo mm. moments where you know you really see you know these gut wrenching punches, and um, you know he, he you know, a slight spoiler towards the end where you know the kind of him and the mob boss facing off against each other, and he stabs himself, and you literally almost it's almost like you can feel the knife penetrating his skin, you know. For moments like that, that's, that's what was really exciting, and I also think the soundtrack was particularly good as well. It was a nice uh, blend of you know of, of different types of music, but it but everything was was very nicely complementing what was on screen, and you know it, you know it was upping the tension and, and upping the energy, and everything just kind of worked. Um, and and for a guy, you know, the director, you know, basically a former stuntman, um, I think he was the stuntman on the Matrix. Um, to then come out and direct this film, you know, it's, it's mighty
0: impressive, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's incredible. I mean, one of the weird um, comparisons, and it's generally, it's, as I was watching, I was thinking, oh my god, this is so like it. Did anyone see The Drop last year? The yeah. uh, Tom Harding, James Lafitte, <laughs> for some reason, even though this is like the complete flip side to it, I just kept thinking of this film because there were certain parallels and all that sort of thing, but just, they're both really well done and. I it, was came it out about, like
2: the... Kind of picking at someone Who like has a is a really violent past yeah. and pass just And just like To a breaking point Where he just snaps off Snaps and just Breaks your Fingers like Yeah you know, it's like <laughs> it, it, Yeah it's like It's like prodding Like a coiled snake It's like Yeah don't It's that kind of like Anticipation You know it's that Was it was that, that kind of element That was reminding you A little bit uh, A
0: little bit yeah And also because it both have dogs in it, So <laughs> Oh yeah of course <laughs> It always goes back to the dog. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I would really happy to see Lance Reddick in it, particularly because his character's called um, Charon or Charon, and I'm just like, I was like, oh, like it's such a geeky little Greek mythology reference. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you can't be mad at a film that does mm. stuff like that. And mm. then it's like Adrian Pillocky, you know, has um, Tyra from Friday Night Lights killing people. You just like, I-, I walked out that f- uh, walked out the film much more impressed with it and much happier than yes. walking in. I was thinking this is gonna you know, it's gonna be the same shit. It's gonna be like Eastern promises or it's gonna be like this or it's gonna be like that. And I watched it and I'm like, wow, this is actually and I came out I was like, oh, I'd actually rewatch yeah. that.
2: It, it reminds you how good action mm-hmm. film can be when it just like exactly. when it when it just goes, you know, it just sticks to what, what it's good at, just like, you know, it can be all about this thing, not gonna be I, any of the bullshit and be serious about getting the, the stunts and choreography right and having a, a simple but you know simple story, but just tell it well. Yeah. And then
1: that, that day are yeah. so, well, Tony you know, and I have debated yeah. it um, in you know podcasts gone by about you know this year we've had some bloody awful action films. You know we've got Liam Neeson, <laughs> try, you know stumbling around doing his best oh. taken and you know whatever else he wants to do um what was it run with the night
2: wasn't it i i like i, li- I, li- I like the first taken uh run of night was actually i was pretty impressed by it, even though it is essentially uh mm, yeah
1: um but you know you've got the stafe coming out with his again doing exactly the same as what the stafe does in his stafe oh, yeah, but you know he just not doing anything new not bringing anything new to the table and and you know this yeah. doesn't you know it doesn't do anything really new but what it does do is it does it well and you know every, yeah. every kind of element of it works and it ticks all the right boxes um, and I just said it's got you know it's got watchability you know I would go back and watch this again um, yeah it has a
2: nice pace yeah. to it it's like you know there are big action scenes but then there's like there's just there's plot and then you have like Oh, there's a the bit, there's a good action scene, and there's a little plot, and there's a nice big action scene, and like, there's no plot, and there's mm. a nice big action scene. Yeah, it has a nice sort of like, it just runs smoothly, it doesn't like sort of yeah. lose your interest, and like, where well, you don't spend half an hour waiting to get the next action scene, it does kind of like pace us mm. up quite well, you know, and yeah. it fills the gaps, like, kind of, yeah, so it keep, yeah, I think it's really.
0: Yeah, it's a solid action film that is actually rooted in something, it does have a solid foundation of an actual story, as opposed to being, here's just, you know, an hour and a half of people kicking the chair out of each other. Which
2: I'm fine with it. but it's, it's yeah, if
1: you want to throw I a story actually. <laughs> <laughs> So John Wick, probably that's our film of the week, I would I would think, will definitely be in cinemas for at least another couple of weeks, so definitely try and check it out if you can. How good's your laundry? No one's that good. I thought not. Uh, Before we move on to our final review, uh, we're going to take a look at the latest film news for this week. Probably the big news, it was was what we already knew, really, which is that Joe and Anthony Russo are going to be doing Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2. It was broke by Badass Digest uh, last month, but was confirmed officially by Marvel this week. Um, What do you guys think of that?
0: Uh, I'm very excited. As someone who's only seen... Captain America: Winter Soldier a couple of times, but I was really impressed with it, and I thought I was, I was like, yeah, this is way better than the first one at yeah. least in my opinion, and I'm I'm, I'm genuinely excited now because I was thinking I, I you know I like Joss Whedon I like what he's doing but I do, I, I want to see mm-hmm. someone different do the mashup. That's yeah, yeah. I am
1: very in, interesting right Joss Whedon commented on it and said um you know every movie. Uh, he's made, has, you know, an ensemble piece of um, increasingly enormous proportions. Um, and basically, he kind of goes to suggest that Infinity War is perhaps too big for him. It's perhaps one step too much. Mm. Um, and I you know but I think that's great that he's just stood back and gone, yeah, no, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a lot of respect for that. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you've already mentioned it. I, I prefer...
2: Yeah, but when someone like Joss Whedon says, oh, no, it's a bit too much. start <laughs> not to think,
1: mm, a alarm yeah, bell game maybe, yeah, maybe this <laughs> one won't work as maybe. well. <laughs> Uh, You know, I I am worried about the subject. You know, just I I worry that maybe Thanos is going to be a bit anticlimactic, and um, that I think is maybe the worry is that it's it's got so much to do, it's going to be so big that potentially it's going to fall short. But you know. Well, you we
2: all know it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy
1: with Avengers, yeah. aren't you? Well, yeah.
2: Particularly by part two. Yeah, well, the too, fact I think, that they've
1: gone for the gold definitely. title, um, it's very much the same kind of colour as the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah. I, I think that's a, you yeah. know, definitely a distinct possibility, if not you know, definitely going to happen. But you, know, you mentioned, like, for me, Winter Soldier was the strongest uh, Marvel film so far. Um, you know, we'll talk more about it in the um, Marvel special in a couple of weeks' time. But the Russo brothers do a great job of it. Um, and I've, you know, I've got a lot of faith that they'll, they'll certainly
2: do their best with this, and hopefully their best is going to be good enough. I, I think that out of the set of directors that they've worked with for, they're they're the best, mm-hmm. better choice because uh, with Captain America Winter Soldier, that's the one that's probably better suited to, to go into mm-hmm. Avengers. I would have liked Joss Whedon to have stayed around and do the like the do his like Avengers films and get them yep. finished. Or if not Joss Whedon, I would have liked to maybe have like tried out someone else. Like something that might be a bit more intre- like interesting, but seem not going down that route. I think the Russo brothers are, are actually quite a good choice. Yeah, you know, out, out, out of what we've seen before, and they're probably tied up with with Civil War as well because you, yeah. you've got that's pretty much like partial Avengers, yes, isn't yeah. it going to be? So
1: I, I, yeah, it, I, yeah, well, I, I wonder if still around. Um, if he's still involved. Um, obviously his brothers overdoing Agents of Shield and. Um, you know he's, he's still producing on that you know, not necessarily
0: having a particularly active role so I'm sure he'll still be around um, so I wouldn't worry too much oh, I, I think he'll definitely still be a huge part of Marvel because he's done such good work for them that it's going to be one of those things where they're just like oh yeah no we're keeping you around and he's such a big fan by it you know they'll, they'll find something else for him but I think he wants to do like his own kind of original stuff because he hasn't done any of that in well, probably since Dollhouse mm. Oh, no, uh, no, Cabin, Cabin in the Woods which was awesome, so yeah, I think he's just wanting to try something new, so yeah good for him, but I, d- I don't think it's the last thing we've seen of Whedon in uh, Marvel
1: No, oh, and the other news is that Pitch Perfect 3 has been confirmed that's before the second one's even re- been released um, that's also along oh. with Ted 3, which has also been confirmed even before Ted oh, 2 God. has been released so it seems that um, oh. the distributors these days are, are you know expecting their films to take money regardless of whether
2: they're any good or not. So, to be fair though, let, 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 let's just say, like, if, let's just pursue, they won't do, but let's just say Tedu <sighs> and Pitch Perfect, so completely box office and, and critically Get bomb. On. Like, completely just like, ha think like the, those sequels, those sequels will start to just disappear. Go, eh, maybe mm. not. People start buying excuses, or like maybe it's like, oh well, we'll we'll need to consider other things, and then slowly you just get forgot about. And then, and then who gives a fuck? That that is a possibility, but you know, let's face it, it's probably it's it's probably inevitable. They are both going to do well, so therefore these sequels are going to go but, through. But so yeah, but
1: the thing yeah. is, you know, the Divergent series has already proved that you can't guarantee it's going to take money you know insurgent has at the moment um you know taken less money than than the first film i'm sure it'll it'll creep up and and maybe just about match it but it certainly hasn't taken anywhere near what they would expect
2: yeah but so long as they make money i mean that's 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 the end of the day as long as they make enough money i mean you might find they'll just probably just the budget will just drop and they'll just like and they'll, they'll, they'll I'll find a way of making it with yeah. a smaller budget, and so therefore the 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 cost won't be like a too great a deal. The expectation won't be too yeah. great a deal. You know? but, um, that, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. it well, will <laughs> be all
1: right. Production um, budget for um, Insurgent. Um, is, is, has been increased from the first one, and currently the, their estimates are only just breaking even on, on what they spent on it. So it's you know looking like it's not going to make any money like at all um, unless it picks up you know in the next few weeks, which is which is well, it's uh, always DVDs. Yeah, so let's face it, it's DVDs. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, obviously, back to the pitch perfect story. Rebel Wilson has been confirmed that she will appear in the third one. Uh, whether she will appear as um, main character or not um, is being debated. Um, Anna Kendrick is currently unknown quantity whether she will rejoin um, the Barton Bellas for the third film. Um, so it could be potentially almost a bit like glee where they completely re you know juvenate the <laughs> cast and bring out and, and maybe Rebel Wilson is going to be the only kind of link to the old
2: <laughs> I hope not. Because that that would just be completely inconsistent with everything else. You think like if you're gonna do like three three like, yeah. films and have like the, the the main people like that have you dead set. Really, don't just go like. You don't So you turn into, like, American Pie yes. Bandcamp, where it's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, we got one person, we've got one person, right, 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 well, here we are then, yeah, yeah,
1: sequel, 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 <laughs> well, yeah. I could see them going down that route, it's very dangerous, Anna Kendrick certainly is is kind of the, you know, the standout star of that series, um, and obviously Wilson has her own following, but, you know, whether she'll bring people to a third film or not, alone, it's, so unless they get another big name, then... You know they're putting themselves in dangerous territory, but as you've already said, I'm sure it will take money regardless. Um, and yeah. even if it's crap, then you know they'll probably make a fourth one.
2: <laughs> and then they can go off and do that because it was like it's the fourth one, and then you got a bit licensed to kind of like, oh, well, that's yeah, what's the a Yeah.
1: You know. But anyway, up next our final review of the show, and it's the Duff
0: let's talk about labels the classics still exist jock geek rocker mean girl sorry but what I didn't know was I had a brand new label where your girls at it's actually not my job to give you intel on my best friends it kind of
1: is though as their duff
0: sorry as their what duff
1: d-u-f-f designated ugly fat friend
0: what did you just say to me?
1: Every group of friends has one. You know, the one who doesn't look as good, thus making their friends look better. The one who's easy to talk to because no one's trying to get with them. You friended up. Good time. I'm sorry. Bianca is a content high school senior whose world is shattered when she learns the student body knows her as the Duff, a.k.a. the designated ugly fat friend, to her pretty, pretty more popular friends. Now, despite the words of caution from her favourite teacher, she puts aside the potential distraction of her crash her crush toby and enlist wesley a slick but charming jock to help reinvent herself to save her senior year from turning into a total disaster bianca must find the confidence to overthrow the school's ruthless label maker madison and remind everyone that no matter what people look like or act like we are all someone's duff chris haig you love this didn't you
0: <laughs> yes uh i okay i won't go say love i will say i liked it more than I kind of thought I was going to, because I originally thought, wow, that's a really shitty yeah. concept <laughs> for a film to be going, oh, look, you're the designated ugly fat friend. It's just that's like, just like oh. <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's better. High school yes, is offensive fancy place. <laughs>
2: <old. Yeah. laughs>
0: oh, yeah. High school is war yeah. children, so, you know, just try and get through it. But, um, yeah, I, I will say a lot of the success of the film is down to the cast, because you've got, like, mm-hmm. Mae Whitman, who's in Arrested Development, and, you know, she's done this other stuff, and she she really makes the film. I mean, this is... This, in a way, is a bit like what Easy 8 is to Emma Stone, but nowhere near as yeah, good. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Because um, Easy yeah. A is amazing. I would no, defend I, I that film agree. so much. Um, but, yeah, the Duff operates on a couple of levels I mean a couple of steps more serious and it, it could be like an ABC family or a you know like a lifetime movie about oh you know our mm-hmm. kids cruel and you know it could be something like that cyberbullying film with Emily Osmond that there was a few years ago and it could be like that but because it's a real comedy it's it, it does straddle that line between at what point does kind of high school cruelty and particularly social media cruelty um, at what point does it become a bit too Venomous at what point it becomes something you need to address. Yeah, I you know I think the cast is very good. You know, I mean, Mae Whitman has this fantastic chemistry with uh, Robbie Amell, who plays yeah. Wesley, who for some reason is her. It's a bit, a bit like a Taylor Swift "You Belong With Me" situation in that they live next door and they've been friends, but now they're not friends because he's popular yeah. and she's not. And it's just, it's a, it's it, it's a bit weird. And then you've got uh, you know you've got like Bella Thorne, who is a former Disney starlet and she's playing uh, the kind of the, the, the villain I guess I don't know if it's really a villainous thing called Madison Morgan um, to which I say if your name is Madison Morgan in a film I'm sorry you are going to be evil you, you really are Just, you know there's a very few like nice characters called Madison very I do like people um <laughs> I'm not going to be bet the because knowing me, I will run into a Madison and, and be like, oh, you're actually you're right. you're nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good Madison." But um, I mean, the other problem I kind of have with the cast is that if you look at all these great actors that they've got, so you've got like Alison Janney, lovely, lovely Alison Janney, and she's kind, she's really mm-hmm. underused here as. Um, that as Bianca's mum, who and she's this you know self help seminar kind of queen, and she just all oh, about the steps and the stages and that sort of thing, and it's it's great, and she is fantastic, but she's in about four mm. scenes in the film, and it, you know they really do need to do some art, And then you've got um, Ken Young from uh, Community, who he's a very funny guy, but the role he's given is so awkward and clunky, mm. and it's not. It, it, it's definitely not the best kind of representation of what he can do comedically. Because even if you haven't seen the community, he's there in the hangover. Do you, think, do you think that
2: role was probably, like, cut down? Like, do you think there was probably, like... If you, if you, if you, get, if you take all the film footage that was filmed of that film, there's probably more scenes with him in it, and they just, like, yeah. for whatever reason, for the purpose of the film, all the pinnacle, the like, stuff which would have had him being funny in it was just cut off <laughs> from film, you think?
0: If, if they have, they have taken about 90% of the humour. His- <laughs> <laughs> because he is a very weird character in that he's trying to be kind of hit with the kids and, you know, social media and that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, it is a real shame because he is really funny. Um, and then I just he- got that vibe from it, the fact that I think yeah. it just was just
2: one of those roles that just, like... It, it just felt like they'd just filmed, like, a load of scenes that, like, oh, we've got these people, so we'll film like, these loads of scenes that have a bit of humour, and then we'll just put them in there and see if they were or they'd take them out and it just so happened yeah, exactly. that it just wasn't there was pretty much nothing there for him in the actual final finished film but
0: exactly um, but on the positive I think I think it did actually because I've seen people go oh it's like Bridesmaids meets Mean Girls which I, no it, it is neither of yeah. those films it's kind it, I mean to bring up EZA again it's like a kind of watered down less slut shaming EZA um, but you know they have some. One thing I do like about it is that you have these nice positive female you know, relationships yeah. in the film. You know you've got Bianca and her two friends who, yes, they're maybe conventionally more pretty. Which by the way, I think it's funny that anyone thinks that Mae Whitman is ugly. <laughs> you know she's you know, she's a pretty so, girl. To she's be
2: good. fair, they do address it. That you're like, you're not literally. Yeah. It just means that kind of person you fit in socially. So it's not necessarily like oh you're fat and ugly. It's just that uh, you you kind of you, you you're, you're just like. Uh, got hang around fans who are essentially more popular than you are so therefore you are that person they go to to get those information or you're that in person i to me it just it felt i mean i, I completely i get what you're saying chris about it being like a watered down version of easy a it felt very much like a lighter version of that but it felt more like i new take on an 80s high school film more than which i suppose was kind of easy in any way but <laughs> But I just got that vibe. I think it's more like with have added to like, oh yeah, but we tweet and text and Snapchat now. And I I think it was just another taking that. I mean, I had never heard of stuff, so I have no idea if that actually exists. But I I guess as a concept, it is actually true. Yeah. I think I think the the lead man in it, the, uh, the he he just seemed ridiculously too hot for the for the role. All that kind of like, does anyone know what I'm talking about? He just seems like he just seems too jockey he seems too like I don't know it just didn't match with Mae Whitman's character I don't know if that am I, am I, I think just... that's
1: kind of the point though wasn't it but it, yeah. it I liked it far more than I wanted to <laughs> um, yeah. I, I set I mean, out yeah, I to I mean, liked it. this film and I definitely did All right, you know it, it was funny it was, it was entertaining it, it made a lot of sense, actually. A lot of what the film had to say, you know, I was like, yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. I know, I yeah, I know that person and that person. And you know, you say it it's refreshing to to see actually, you know, female friendships that you know it's, it's not something you get in you know in Mean Girls or you know not not even in Easy A really where you get really positive, you know, female friends that you mm-hmm. genuinely like each other. And also the two prettier friends aren't thick either. You know, they're, they're, they have their own identity you know one's you know you know kind of a you know a fashionista but she's a designer she's also intelligent though and then you've got one who's you know she's a gamer um and she's athletic and um so she's not just the you know like a mean girl she's not just a a dumb blonde or um you know the the saki bitch you know that those two characters you have their own identity and I, i just don't think that they were used potentially enough and so i think it was a mistake to um, and we're going spoiler territory here um, to, to break down the friendship between may Whitman's character and those two as quickly as they did because it limited the amount of time actually that they spent on screen and there, there was that was one of the things about the char- uh, about the film is actually there were you know, defined characters you know even even the you know the roles that um, you know, as you said only appeared three or four times you know Alice and Janey's character she had a distinct character there. It's just unfortunate that these characters didn't all quite have enough screen time to be able to, um, you know, highlight how good they were. Um, so that's perhaps its its down point. But, you know, it was a strong film. I, I liked it a lot more than perhaps I should have done because it certainly wasn't made for me. <laughs> I, I think that's really down to
2: Mae Whitman, I think, because I think it's it's more, if anything, the Duff is like a, like a leading vehicle yeah. for her. And I think as that it, it shows like she is a likable screen mm-hmm. presence and and does have personality and does have a bit of you know thing to her. She, you know she has got a bit of attitude to it. You know there's you know she doesn't take any shit. She's smart. She's intelligent. And I think as a as a general like high school film for teenagers, it, it works
1: pretty well. You know. Yeah. the uh, down, downsides of, of it, I guess, was it, it was predictable. Um, you know, it did, didn't do anything really to surprise you. Um, yeah, we've already...
2: But to be fair, let, let's be honest john wick
1: yes,
2: like yeah, but, 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 <laughs> and i love john yeah. wick so it's yeah, the, it's you got you got to like go you know, sometimes yeah. predictable is kind yeah. of like well, that's okay, what, that's what saying,
1: it's, it's necessary a negative point and um you know you know even you know, the other point i was gonna make is the other negative is is that you know what i just mentioned so you know some of these you know great you know character actors and the great characters in themselves don't get quite enough screen time but just as you argue you know that's perhaps the point you know it is all about highlighting how great um you know made women is and about you know how how lifeable her character is and she is the focus point it is her film um it's not an ensemble so you know for that reason they are very small negatives you know for, for me it was, it was a very strong film um and i, I know you agree haig <laughs>
0: I really enjoyed it more than I thought I was gonna um, I think the chemistry works really well I think May Whitman does make the film in the hands of a kind of lesser actress it would be boring um, I mean I'd, if I had the choice I'd much rather see a film where it's you know it's Jess and Bianca and Casey and they're just completely losing it and having a really good comedy but I, th- I think it works well yeah it's predictable and it's kind of you know oh be true at yourself all that sort of thing but it's it, it's nice. Um, plus, it somehow it let me know that Mae Whitman plays the daughter in Independence Day, <laughs> yes. so yes. I'm very happy to know that fact. <laughs> and uh,
1: Chris Burn, uh,
2: yeah, I you know I, I enjoyed it. It's an easy watch. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's got a likable like lead character. It's you know it's it, it's it's a likable enough teenage film. It didn't didn't sort of you know blow my mind or anything. That sort of walk away thinking, oh wow, it's really something really special. But it's you know. For for what it for the purpose that it is, it it does an absolutely fine job at doing it.
0: Out of a date? Hmm? Don't do that.
2: You do.
1: You don't.
0: Stop. (laughs) Uh, Question. That's important. What? What do you want? Come on, please.
1: And that's all we've got time for this week. I will be back again next week. As I said, Tony won't be back until the following week. Um, Up next week we have uh, Woman in Gold, um, The Salvation and a number of other films. Uh, if we get to see them, I'll be joined by uh, Leslie Byron-Pitt and Chris Wilson next week. Uh, thank you for joining me, though, guys, this week. You can find uh, Chris Haig on Twitter at at higher underscore boy, um, and you can find Chris Byrne at Cinematronics or at www.cinematronics.co.uk. So thanks for joining me, guys. Hopefully you'll be back on again soon. No worries. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you very much uh, for having Yeah, exactly. Thank and you. And until next week... It's goodbye from all three of us.